Hello again. You're listening to the news at one. Take the first step and reconnect. That's the message from the Chief Medical Officer, Professor Breda Smith, who has today issued an open letter to the older people of Ireland. On the third anniversary of the COVID crisis, Professor Smith is calling on older people to spend time with their grandchildren, to rejoin local clubs and get involved in activities and be out in their local community. She says no one should underestimate the impact of the isolation and loneliness caused by the COVID lockdowns. Talk to Professor Smith in just a moment. But first, our reporter Ashley Maloney has been speaking to some older people on their way into Mass in Dublin this morning. Oh, I think it's very important. I know from the time I retired myself, networking with people is so important. And I am back. I'm with three different active retirement groups here. And I'm very happy. I try to make my morning Mass. And um, I'm in my eight, early 80s now. And um, I, I thank God that I can do what I can do in the day. And would you have any lingering anxiety about COVID now? Well, I know it's still around. I'm very aware that it's still around at the moment, you know. But again, I'm minding myself. (laughs) Just You you can't stay at home all the time, like, you know. Did you kind of isolate yourself during COVID in order to stay safe? For uh, 12 weeks to cocoon, yeah. But, uh, no, it was nice to go back out and that, like, you know. You just have to take your chances. Did you find it difficult to kind of withdraw yourself from... Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, because I've always been an outside type of person, like, you know. Just I had to do it at the time, but I don't think, like, you know, it's as severe now. You still see people with the mask and that, all right, on the bus and what have you. They just decided, like, you know, it's time to get out. And today is the is three years to the day of the first yeah. case in Ireland. Did you find that time kind of isolating? Yes, I did. I, yes, I found being, you know, not being able to be with people, uh, you know... I like people and I like to socialise. Do you have any lingering worries about COVID? Well, some, but I mean, that's really... Okay. That's, yeah. You feel pretty safe out in the community these days? Yeah, I'm, I'm back in action. <laughs> Mass goers in Dublin speaking there to Ashleen Maloney. Well, we're joined now by the Chief Medical Officer, Professor Smith. A very good afternoon to you and welcome to the programme. Thank you very much, Brian. Thank you. So what are you saying today to to older people, perhaps like maybe some of those or others still anxious about fully uh, reconnecting again in the aftermath of the pandemic? Yes, so I'm I'm delighted to be speaking to you today about this, about our campaign that we're going to be running over March, April with regards to social connection. And what inspired the open letter and also the campaign that was, I suppose, the the presence of loneliness. And pre-pandemic, one of the largest global surveys on loneliness said that 29% of older adults said that they felt lonely often or very often. And during the pandemic, the number of people in Ireland who reported feeling lonely all or most of the time doubled and we know that there's a strong link between loneliness and poor health this includes uh, physical health like frailty but also poor mental health and our Morak survey which has been ongoing throughout the pandemic um, has been reporting that there's still 7% of the population that are fearful of COVID-19 and also 13% that are sad and lonely so I just wanted to take this opportunity to, to reassure people that the world is a safer place now than it was early in the pandemic 
we do have very effective vaccines and boosters and we also have antiviral therapies and also we're more used of washing our hands and practicing good behaviors so it was really i suppose on the first of march and the daffodils are in bloom i just wanted to take the opportunity to tell people and ask them if you haven't already returned to doing the things that you love doing that involve meeting people i'm encouraging you to do so now you know to go to that card game go to that cookery class go to mass or mm. meet up with men in the men's shed or that music session all of these things that require us meeting other people because these are prescriptions for better health and well-being but as you say it's been three years now will, will will some people have just lost the ability the confidence to go out and make and restore and rebuild those social connections so uh, I suppose there's different levels of, of how people have adapted. And some people, like in your clips there, are adapting and are reintegrating. And by taking the first step, the second step is easier. And that's why I'm trying to encourage people, if they haven't already made that first step, to try and take that first step. And it's up to us also in the community to encourage people that we realise haven't reconnected, to actually help them reconnect with their community with the activities in their community. For example, last week I visited the Fatima Centre and we met Joe Donoghue and all the group out there. And I met the group, the men on the move, PJ, Matthew and Richie. And they're, they're back meeting up and they're actually training to walk the Camino. Mm. Also, the women out there that were in the Stitch and Bitch Club and the active dance, it's just the sense of mm. connection more than the activities is what actually gives us the, the better health and well-being. But this is, this is quite a reversal uh, in, to the information, the advice that people were given by your predecessor and indeed by yourself during the course of the pandemic, which was to isolate, to maintain that two metres, we all remember that, uh, to cook Coon, that was the advice to older people. Visits to nursing homes, for example, were, were prohibited. Did we go too far in all of that? So I think we must remember when the advices were being given, the context in which they were being given. So all of the recommendations or the advices at any point in time were the were based on the best advice to protect people at that point in time. So we remember very early in, in the pandemic mm. when we were all fearful of the virus and the virus created a, a, an, an immense sense of fear with regards to what, with regards to yeah. its implications on our health. Yeah, and I and think it mostly affected older people. Yes, um, and, and that's why everything, every step was taken to try and protect people's health at that point in time. Yeah, and I think but people like, understand that, like, sorry, I think, yes, sorry to cut across you, but I think people understand that you were making the best decisions you could on the, on the information that was available. But with the benefit now of hindsight, um, what was, was advice given that in the end has had consequences that we're talking about today in terms of people's mental and physical health? Yes, so we do know that all of, uh, you know, there are you know, there are consequences of every, to, as they say, to every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And that's why we're constantly reviewing the, you know, I suppose the, the effects and also the, uh, I suppose, the lessons learned from the pandemic. And that's why I suppose this campaign, we've prioritised this campaign because of the effects of, on isolation mm. and on mental health and also physical health. As we know, if people disconnect, it also affects their physical health. So that's why we have prioritised this campaign to try and yeah. ensure that we reach out to people that would be most vulnerable, uh, especially older people that would be living in isolation. And you've said but to having people, said that, we sorry, would, you've said we to people, it, you've said to people they shouldn't be afraid. 
Uh, but we also know that only this week, Martin Cormack and Professor Martin Cormack, and, uh, who advised Neffet during the pandemic, has come to the view that there was too much reliance on fear to control people's behaviour. And I suppose that that comes back to where we are now, Brian, and that's the purpose of this campaign, to ensure that we I can reassure people that we're in a very different situation now than we were at mm-hmm. early on in the pandemic. We're in a situation where we have very effective vaccines and very effective boosters that give people uh, a very, very, uh, a lot of protection, significant protection against severe disease and illness. Mm. And that's why I would like to reassure the most vulnerable that it is it is a different landscape we're living in now. Mm. It's a Just safer world with regards to the virus. Okay. And we have and a number of different protections to, for our, right. at our convenience. Just a final question. Um, in relation to perhaps other viruses that are in circulation and some of the evidence that, the, that that's perhaps producing pressure on a hospital system. We've seen the trolley numbers continuing um, now into the month of March at fairly high levels. There was figures from the EU uh, this week in relation to excess deaths here, higher than in December than in previous uh, years. The, uh, the the country's coroners say they've never been busier. Um, what, what's behind that, do you think? So I suppose um, you've asked a number of different questions there that each have an answer. Um, so f- your first question there was with, was with regards to the winter viruses. Mm. So currently we're, we're at very low levels of winter virus currently. So the number of COVID uh, admissions in hospital uh, patients at the moment is 136, which is mm. way down from the last time we were at that level was July 2021. Um, um, so and also, I suppose that the purpose of this exercise and this campaign is to move away from the numbers and to try and, and increase reassurance. But we have low levels of virus circulating at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, also, with regards to you know pressures on our hospitals, we have to recognise we have an ageing population. So since 2019, our population have increased over 75, have increased by five percent each year. So that's at 15 percent in that uh, in, in that time frame. Mm-hmm. So we are looking at different. Um, uh, mechanisms in, in order to respond to that. With regards to the the uh, mortality data, and any time I do reflect on mortality data, I always want to uh, be, I am cognizant that every death is a life lost. And, and uh, so when we do speak about mortality data and deaths, it is important to remember that each individual is a, is a, a death that's lost from a family or a loved one. Mm. With regards to the um, with regards to the, the statistics, um, our, the latest report from the ECDC data would show that over the duration of the pandemic, that Ireland has the sixth lowest death rate per 100,000 population of the 28 EU-UK con- uh, countries uh, and UK, UK mm. countries. And it's at a rate of 171.8 per 100,000 in comparison to 325 yeah. uh, oh, in the I was, UK. I was just wondering so, about other um, other other. other illnesses um has there been a surge in those so with regards to our i suppose there has been a lot mm. of uh, media attention with regards to excess deaths over the winter mm-hmm. period um as you know there are different methodologies for analyzing those deaths um we um have the hpsc carry out the U- euromomo analysis on this which is an eu-wide um analysis on deaths using a certain methodology that outlines whether it's 
statistically significant or not. Um, Within that, our all-cause mortality for three weeks over the winter was increased and statistically significant for week 51 to week one. Um, But currently, we have an incomplete data set um, because we don't have our deaths recorded, uh, registered a full data set for three weeks, three months, should I say, after it occurs. All right, so it's a bit too early early to say, really. Exactly. It's too early to comment on it and we don't have all the data to analyse by cause of death. Professor Smith, we leave it there. Thank you very much indeed for uh, talking to us. Professor Breda Smith, the Chief Medical Officer.